I think I have everything I need unless you guys surprise me and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this that we haven't mentioned in 10 episodes. <laughs> like the uh, identifying items. That's the episode I'm editing right now. <laughs> I don't think we have any items that aren't identified. Yeah, we've, we've identified all of the items we have. So You didn't sell everything, though, I don't believe. No, we haven't no. sold we haven't really barely anything. anything. I got a bunch yeah. of things. No, I think you guys sold a few things in Dogoban, right? Or was that a purchase? We purchased a few things. Purchased. And story stole something. No. We sold books. We own more that, than we, we purchased. Technically not true. I traded it. I gave him a shitty dagger for a plus one dagger. Seems fair. Gave him a shitty dagger for a really nice dagger. So, thank you everyone who is listening to In Absentia episode 27. Tonight, as always, I have my three players with me as we are going and recording In Absentia, our actual Play 5 ED&D podcast. My name's Steve. I'll be the GM tonight. And with me, I have John. Hi, I'm John. I'm currently trying to add something. Uh, but I play Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard. And Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I play your friendly neighborhood Kenku Rogue. Story. And Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. I play Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. Last time. We were in Ragoon. We started tying up some loose ends. Got into sort of a fight. Sort of. It was a chase. We woke up in the tavern with a fight, and then Zigrit learned a fancy new spell called Suggestion and used a twin spell to cast it on two people, and it worked. And there's these two toughs beating up a guy. Ziggert told him to go piss off, and then they did. The man wasn't the innkeeper who we thought it was him, but it turns out he was getting beat up because they were looking for us, these guys. We put two and two together that these guys were looking for us and quickly realized that the town was just empty, like shutters getting slammed shut, tumbleweed going across the road. So we figured we were probably going to get ambushed. So Story ran across the rooftops guided Quill and Ziggret to the warehouse that we were trying to get our way to. Um, she assassins created a guy and then we made our way into the warehouse um, where we were allowed access after proving that we were not in fact a town guard or a burnt hand, interestingly enough. And um, it, while inside Ziggret spots another dragon and that is where we left off is there anything that anyone needs and or wants to add to that recap i have no idea why the town's guard is looking for us so so hard there might have been an altercation just something mild that some trouble we just told them to do their jobs yeah i was expecting a certain level of professionalism and it was not met in a, a firm and verbose manner. Mm -hmm. It may or may not have ended with a ball bearing being flung at somebody's foot. 
Who's to say? That did happen. No, look, it's the consequences of my own actions. And where we really ended off was you'd been led into this warehouse down this weirdly long corridor that canted downwards. And it opened up suddenly into this really, really large room. And it, at first glance, it appears that this must be the hideout or the gathering place for all the magic users of the area. I did a brief description here last time, but I'll just add in a little bit just to recap, just to keep it fresh in our minds. You guys walked into this larger room and you have this overwhelming warmth of presence. The smell of sweet incense hangs in the air. The soft blue lighting emits from glowing spheres of energy that are floating gently around with no sound. And an undercurrent of upbeat music can be heard among the menagerie of creatures in the room. At one side of the room is a vast assortment of complex laboratory equipment. A lot of vials of bubbling liquid, twisting glass tubes, and a small crucible being held up by a small fire elemental. Draw your eye immediately from that side of the room. Sitting, surrounded by glass and clay jars, sits a gnome working a mortar and pestle. And at his side on the table are various small pieces of metal, some sort of deconstructed contraption. Several other creatures are working around him busily, only stopping briefly to lean down and listen to quiet directions. On the other section of the room, you see row upon row of clay, glass, and metal jars. Inside of the jars that you can see are various magical components, and some of them are twisting around or frothing in these jars. They're all neatly labeled, unlike our friend Maud's workshop. Everything is very neat, tidy, and orderly here. Well, they must just not be as good at magic as she is then. Right? It's a prerequisite. Next to the shelving are a smaller set of shelves that have bottles of strangely colored liquids, several rows of books, scrolls, and loose papers are piled up on a stand next to them. Far in the back of this room, a tall, green dragonborn. And I believe the last thing that was said last episode was Ziggurat immediately goes to them. Yep. Ziggurat straight to the, the other dragonborn. Story follows because it seems interesting. It probably doesn't even realize the other things that are have been described by the GM and just is focused immediately on the other dragonborn and walks over uh, and approaches said dragonborn. Okay. As you approach, brief glance at this dragonborn, and you, as you get closer, you noticed at first that he was tall, but 
He is significantly taller even than Sigrid. He is a very, very tall dragonborn. His scales are predominantly this medium dark green color with some around the fringes that are a little bit lighter. Underneath his chin, he has these bony uh, fringes that hang down that are tinged with copper. And then two stunted horns that twist back over each eye. Uh, he's wearing some studded leather armor and has a red and copper robe loosely draped over top of it. And he has a small stringed instrument that he's just idly stringing as you approach. I walk up and stand, you know, not like awkwardly close, but just kind of walk up to him. Uh, hello, mate. Interesting seeing a fellow dragonborn around these parts. Glances up for a moment from his instrument and he goes, ah, cheers, mate. I, uh, I have to be honest, oh, I haven't seen a dragonborn for like 10 years. Um, so I picked you out of the crowd right away. What's your name? I'm, I'm Zigrid. I'm Nico. Is a fancy, fancy a song? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me get my mates over here and the looking stories right beside me. Uh, Story is awkwardly close to him. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is story. Um, in uh, let's see, and that looks through the crowd for Quill, who I probably left behind, not even acknowledging that I walked away from him in the dust. Yep. Quill is probably back where we all entered the room. <laughs> I'm just taking in the the sounds and the smells. Ah, sorry, real quick. I'll be right back. My friend here. And we have to listen to a song. I walk over and tap Quill on the shoulder and say, Hey, mate. Um, is it another dragonborn here? Um, weird. It's not like a family member, but anyway, I thought he's going to play us a song if you want to come over. Is there anything nearby that I can climb to look this other dragonborn in the eye? You can stand on a stool. And even with that, you still have to look up just a little bit. Yeah, I totally stand on a stool. Uh, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll head over there. And while you're walking across the room, Zigrit and Quill, Nikau will look down with this bemused expression and kind, large eyes. Kenku, hmm, lots of tragic there, huh? And he just continues to strum his instrument. And with each note, you just feel a little more relaxed and at home. I would then, like, you know, hunker down and do the, like, little fluffing of the feathers. And just wait for my guys. Okay. Yes. So uh, we Quill back over and uh, sit down and introduce Quill. Uh, Quill, this is uh, Nico, was it? Nico. Nikau, right. And uh, uh, Nikau, this is uh, Quill. He's a wizard friend of mine. Wizard? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing lots of rarities today. 
Right. Is uh, well, before you play, um, we've been looking for. Um, we heard there was like an underground magic society here. Think we found it. Uh, we didn't really confirm it. Is this this the place? Yeah, not me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd say that's that's a fair assumption. What? I mean, what is this place? Honestly, we heard about it. Um, I'm a sorcerer myself. Um, and honestly, it's been a bit cold around these parts to magic users. So um, one thing led to another, and well, here we are. But what is this place exactly? And this is just kind of safe place for us. Even me, if I go out, I don't show this. Because I'd rather do something like this. And he strums his instrument, and he just shrinks down and turns into a human. Like, wait. Story looks at Ziggurat and goes, In a, so why don't you just do that? Oh, um, it was very impressive. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have that ability. I'm more about the uh, shooty fiery type. And Nikau smiles in this human form, and with the last note still hanging in the air, he plucks another note that's discordant and shoots right back up to his full height <laughs> in dragonborn form. You know, uh, back at our state we bring in um magic users sorcerers other sorcerers and we still had a, a few other guests at times run across a bar or two in my day yeah no nah, mate you you got it <laughs> if the little instrument didn't tell you but Ah, mate, it's good to see you here. I mean, it, I don't know we don't know each other, but <sighs> something about seeing someone familiar, even though we don't... It's Well, anyway, uh, just wanted to come over and say hey. Um, we're actually looking for someone else. Um, her name is uh, Trisha. Trisha. Yeah, yeah, I know Trisha. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen her yet. But, um, I, I I bet she'll be back. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, I guess until then, are you mates good hanging out here? Quill has already wandered off again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in addition to not really seeing any dragon bonds for myself, uh, we don't really see many magic users, so I'm sure Quill's out uh, entertaining his curiosity. Uh, speaking of entertain, uh, I wouldn't mind taking you up on that song. And he just starts strumming. And he turns to someone passing and goes, Hey, um, you mind, mind spotting me a bit of warmth? And the person pulls out a little puff of dust, throws it, and then a little ball of fire hops out right in front of Nick out. And he starts strumming and crooning a little bit in Draconic. And as he's singing, the fire starts to 
twist and turn. As he sings, you start to see shapes take form in the fire. Of dragonborn and dragons soaring. And then blobs of smoke, black as night. And they appear to be fighting and battling. As the song fades, it appears for all intents and purposes that the shadow creatures have been forced back. But as the last figure fades, it's just one or two dragonborn walking off as it slowly diminishes and fades. I look over at Story and I say, <laughs> I've always locked the uh, story of uh, Bahamut and Tiamat. Uh, it's uh, it's an epic. Uh, never heard it in song before. It's always some sort of poem or longer form of story, but I think that's what we just heard anyway. And Nico, he's quiet, but nods. Story's mind is blown. Yeah, this would probably be like the most out there display of magic that I mean it's it's basically it's magic without a focused purpose. So other than training, even for Zigrit, you know, a lot of your training would have been like martial or um useful. But this in its own way, it's essentially just a performance. Mm-hmm. What would Quill be up to? Quill is uh, moving slowly throughout the crowd, letting uh, his ears and nose guide him. Probably sniffing like a bit of sulfur here, a bit of hearing a bit of work, dabbling in an arcane sigil there, reciting things in various languages, and just letting himself drift. You do at several points hear little whispers just tabaxi on this side of the mountains eventually he find a corner feeling like safe for the first time in a while like legitimately no threat to him here just sit down and snap Rava into existence and take out his spell book and start actually reading the things that Old Claw left him. The moment that Story is sure that Ziggurat's moment with the other dragonborn is done, she does a full-on, look what I can do, and does Mage Hand. (laughs) (laughs) But she wants to be very respectful of his moment. And Nico, like, does a little clap. It's like, that was nice. And I think that's the only, like, thing she can show off. Just discovered her abilities in the last, uh, I don't know, was it like three weeks ago? No, hardly that. Like, uh-huh. a week ago. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, ah, she's a natural. A few moments later, all three of you are approached by people. And each one of them in turn just says, um, the gentleman seated over there would like to speak with you. He saw that you came in with some friends and he'd like to introduce himself. Quill provided 
that you're interested in meeting this person, you'd be led over into the area that has the laboratory equipment set up, as would Story and Ziggurat. And essentially, you just... Quill, you can hear Rava can see all these weird experiments and processes going on around you. Um, Ziggurat, you're maybe a little, like, clued in on that fire yeah, elemental. Just kind of watching it real closely. Um, yeah. You're led in front of this gnome that's seated toying with all these mechanical parts in front of him. And for a few moments, he doesn't say anything. And you have a moment just to take him in. And this gnome is tall for a gnome. He's dark-skinned with long braided hair that's piled loosely around their shoulders. Uh, Their eyes flick up at you for just a second and then back down to the components that he's working on. Puts those down, picks up the mortar and pestle, and starts working that again. He's carefully and gently grinding some dry, brightly colored flowers into a really bland, kind of tan-colored powder. Suddenly, he reaches a hand out, grabs a small leather bag, and just thrusts it into... Story's hand is. Yeah, hold this. Story immediately looks in the bag. Um, as soon as you start opening up, the bag starts violently thrashing in your hand, like something's trying to get out. The second it opens up, there's a resounding bang and a flash. And for several seconds, all you can hear is this really high-pitched ringing noise. And then through that tinny noise, you just hear laughter. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, friend. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> After all, what, what better way to greet new friends than with a little practical joke? <laughs> you can't hear a word he's saying. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's only might. But her guys aren't on edge, so she's figuring it was a joke. And if she heard that, she'd go, fair. And you would immediately notice, too, all of the other creatures in the room have their hands over their ears, and they're all rolling their eyes. Story's decided she likes this guy. (laughs) She's going to talk to him about glitter later. (laughs) In the notes. The the gnome stops laughing after a few minutes and he's a little short of breath from laughing so hard. I'm Yellydoo Northrip Abigail Parisley at Dipple the Seventh. Right, Nellydoo. Can you spell out Nipple the Seventh's name? Yally Y A L L A Y D U D E W Space Y A L L Y A L L A Y D E W Yaledu Yaledu Northrip Exactly how it sounds Rip Abigail A B I G E L L 
This is great content, John. Don't shake your head. <laughs> you you burned like seven people's names in like one one go. It's amazing. Hey, he's a gnome. <laughs> he's supposed to have a complicated name. <laughs> and then Parisly, P-E-R-R-I-S-L-Y. And then A-T, single quote. Uh, capital D I P P I L. The seventh. You mean an apostrophe? Thank you. Apostrophe. Thank you. Oh my god! I'm gonna edit that out so I don't go so stupid. <laughs> One of those little single, single dangly lines. Is there a name that people call you? Uh, that's more brief. You can call me Yellowdoo. Right, Yellowdoo. Pleasure to meet you. At your service, Master Tinker Alchemist Extraordinaire. Tinker? Oh. Um, well, you called us over here. What can we do for you? Well, you know, I, I tend to notice when outsiders come into town and not to put a too fine a point on it, y'all stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, it gets to a point where you're so big, it doesn't bother to try to blend in. Yeah, you'd be a really sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Story signs, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> anyway, um, Listen, we were just honestly stopping through the town and happened on a situation where we helped a little gal um, and her grandparents said, well, her grandmother, said that there was a um, a wizard here, at least a magic user, named Trisha. Uh, that she recommended we go see. It could use our help, and we could perhaps be mutually beneficial for each other. I see. Yes. Yes, uh, uh, Trisha comes in frequently. She's, she's uh, I would call her an assistant, but she'd probably get very mad at me if I said that. Um, no, Trisha's great. Um, she should be by any time now. He looks around. Has anyone seen Trisha? And you hear a voice pipe up from the back. I'm right here, you idiot. You see a middle-aged woman with a long straw-colored braid down her back and simple robes come forward. I'm, I'm Trisha. What can I help you with? We were helping um, your sister Talia. Um, Sphina had gotten into some trouble. She's safe. Um, but it turns out that the local mines that the Green Pick miners were mining in, uh, was overrun by a creature. Um, killed all the miners. We were able to rescue Sphina, return her, and Talia sent us over your way said that perhaps we could find, I don't know. The truth is we're looking for magic users. 
having my friend here, uh, if you don't mind me introducing you here, Quill. Well, I don't know what it is specifically you're looking for, Quill, honestly. To be honest, I don't really know exactly what I'm looking for myself. I have a couple of inklings here and there. I, when uh, your companion, Yelladu, came over, I was actually taking a look uh, in my spellbook to see if there was anything I need to start looking for now. Um, but this place is, is quite interesting. Uh, up at uh, the academy, there wasn't much talk of uh, magic users in Toast. At least um, that's something we have to keep quiet. But more so, uh, a couple of things I'm intrigued by. Uh, when we came to the warehouse, your your man at the front mentioned asked us specifically, quite pointedly, if we belonged to a group that we are kind of doing some research on ourselves, getting tangled up with them in the unfortunate circumstance. Uh, yeah, we've encountered this particular group, um, even killed a couple of them. It's burnt hand. They, uh... As soon as you say the word burnt hand, all noise stops in the room. All of a sudden, Niklau is right next to you. Burnt hand. Hmm. Interesting. Story signs. Yeah, uh, they killed a god. Yeah, uh, we left that part out. It's probably something that we need to go over with a drink. Does anybody sign here? Because she's just signing. No one appears outwardly to understand okay uh she's gonna write a note to at nipple the seventh every time yep you line them up i knock them down because yeah her guy's going and she's like no but these are the people that we came to to help she's totally comfortable in this group would rava have seen the note at all is are you holding it up no, I just I just wrote it and handed it to at nipple the third seventh. It's gonna do a different number every time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the nipple thing threw me. What does the note say? When it was kind of like talked down a little, and I was like, "No, but these are the magic people." And she writes down, "Yeah, they killed a god," and hands it to to nipple the seventh. Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, killed a god. Um, story, story. They didn't. They didn't kill a god. They can't. If you had stuck around in some of the uh, explanations of things, they trapped. Sounds boring. They trapped a god. They, um, the priest there in High Tower, Benjamin took on the avatar of Palor and a thing, something creature, shadow being stabbed it, mm. killing Benjamin and the avatar in the process. But in, in our talks, we learned that Palor is likely trapped somehow. It's also very likely that any clerics who get their power from 
Pelor probably have diminished at best power as a result. Hmm. This is distressing. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of a way stop on our initial journey, but it's kind of become our journey. So we're actually heading towards the capital to hopefully speak with the Pelo rites. I'm I'm not much for religion. Um Pelorians. Pelorians. There. About this thing and, and hopefully get people that either understand or care that this cult, the Burnt Hand, exists still and is actively threatening them. But finding you all here to, to even find people that know of these. It's surprising, for sure. When we were at Fort Hightower, I mean, it was a shock. They assumed Burnt Hand gone for decades. For the most part, they have. And Nicklau looks up and says, um, over and over, when something bad happens, the people in power want to forget about it as soon as possible. Not all of us have that luxury. And he looks pointedly at Sigrid. Yeah. The more I, I see of this country, the more I kind of having a distaste for those in charge of it. I don't know how much you all know of Tabaxi, but a, an issue such as that would not be forgotten. It is it's not exactly a forgiving thing to shove danger under the rug in the desert. It will kill you. So uh, if if you all have any interest in or knowledge i i implore you please share it i i think they are part of the problem and need to be dealt with yeah they do and trisha look at each other and well we know what we've seen they're taking people they're in the middle of the night sometimes and i'm sure you've run into the constables around town they're not much help unless you can pay there's a flurry of signs that uh a couple of the signs are unmistakable yes uh that is an, another thing that we came here to kind of discuss these constables in brains fearna back and the dwarf that protected her while she was in the mine they gave us some flack, and admittedly, my friends responded a bit adamantly about how, uh, what kind of word would you use for how, how you reacted, story? He writes down, perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, of course, being... The shit heels they are. They are apparently are coming after us. Right. Um in a big way too. They like shut down the whole town. We were staying in an inn and they beat the tar out of another guest looking for us. Yeah. 
it was honestly a bit unnerving. Trisha goes, well, are you sure it was you they were after? They tend to do these shakedowns periodically. It wasn't really specific, but I don't think there was anyone else besides us and this other guest staying at that particular establishment. Hmm. Story writes down another note uh, that says, well, according to the dead guy outside, they're probably going to be still mad at me. Oh, she did kill him. If they find his body. Hmm. Yaladu leans over to one of his assistants, whispers something, and he runs off. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. But more to the point, um, Trisha, your, your sister, she handed over something to us, and I'm sure you've noticed it. I just stretch out my arm with the cloak, because it's on me. <laughs> Story of Vanna White's it. Ah. Yes. It kind of as a reward for saving Sphirna, but if you... I didn't really bring this up, uh, Sigrid, but if, if you want that back, it is a family heirloom, at least according to Trisha, so... Uh, if it's a family heirloom, I definitely would have no problem returning it into the family. Story gives Quill the most clear what the fuck dude <laughs> look uh but as well we i we mean fair need, but also we we need some help we want to help here but we are kind of three nobodies in the middle of this and oh i wouldn't go that far <laughs> i mean well yeah all right story science no but nobody is good so trisha looks at the cloak and longingly for a moment no it's 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 okay it's it's an adventurer's cloak it's it's meant it's meant to be used not kept i i don't have a need for it but if if talia thought that you needed it then it belongs with you. Thank you. That's very generous of you. But back to uh, my original point, we we want to help, and I think taking care, at least in part, or putting these constables in their place is a fine start to that. Honestly, I'd like to kick some of the asses. I mean... Listen, I came from uh, uh, outside of civilization, not uneducated. But it just seems that every town we've been in so far, there's been some sort of corruption that's put the majority of the people in the town under their heel. Uh, it's not something I've... It, it gets into my skin every time. Story signs, and it's not even done well. Right, it's just... nobody has permits. Nobody is registered with the guilds. What are they even doing? So, the short of it is, we wouldn't mind kicking some ass. Nick Lowen speaks up. Well, yes, it's Terstland. We have a aging royal family with 
little involvement in the actual running of the country. It's It's been in decline since the king's great-grandfather died. This is what happens when nobles are left to their own devices. Not where I come from. Honestly, I consider myself from the house of nobles, too, in a way. It's not how we behave. I hope someday that things will turn around. However, I I don't hold a lot of hope because that's all I've seen since I've come here. What's being done to, I mean, is this like a, a place to come out and hang up your the raincoat at the end of the day? Or is this like in a movement? Uh, nothing as organized as that. Um, and Yaladu interrupts. This is a place where we can safely practice our arts without being judged or run out of town. It's fallen out of social favor to be able to use or manipulate magic, unfortunately. I mean, everything else aside, that's a bit of an affront to my existence. I'm a sorcerer. Oh, I'm just as magic as any magic item. It's it's in my blood. And Nikolai will speak up. It's it's all of ours. No, but right, like, like sorcerers exist because of magic. I didn't learn it. I was. It is me, and it's not to say that. Like your lifestyles are incredibly entwined, intertwined with magic, but I can't stop using magic. If I too, like I need to use magic, it'll build up in me, and I don't know what happens. But uh, but before we can preferably go and ream your terrible guards' asses, so to speak. Is there anything that I, or, well, I can do as compensation for some things I need? Do you have anything, tasks, that some of my capabilities could handle? Um, To put it bluntly, Quill is a wizard, and Story here is just learning to come into her abilities. Is there any way you could help? Educate. Educate, train. To put it bluntly, we're poor as shit. She writes a note and hands it to uh, at Nipple the Seventh, and writes, "I keep explaining that money really is it like it comes and goes." Trisha leans down to Yaladu for a moment, and you can hear them whispering, uh, "Yeah, Yaladu, this maybe, maybe they can they can run them out of town or." Or something, but this this might give us a chance to have a better life here. Like, if if we can get rid of them, then we don't have to hide as much. There's there's enough of the townsfolk that sympathize. Maybe 
Yaldu. Not, not worth the chance. Um, I don't know. Story interrupts and, and signals at uh, Ziggurat to, to translate. Um, it's a good thing that we're nobodies from out of town. And I translate. If it comes back poorly, you can just be like, oh my god, those outsiders. What did they do? So I'll translate that and then I'll add uh, but at the same time we also are here to help people and we hope that our first impression with the town left a good impression on otherwise doubting people. Yaladu leans back and steeples his fingers. Hmm. We saved a kid. Expendable assets. (laughs) This seems like a win-win. I can't not express my magic. And that, that was the point I was trying to make before. I have to use magic. I can't hide it. Yes. Uh, beginning to feel that taking on the mantle of, if not in actuality a villain, but to aid those who deserve help, I'll wear that mantle gladly. So if you need people to say, here are the bad guys... They may have driven out these jerks from our town, but they didn't do it right. We'll do things better. You can point that finger at me. Yeah. More than likely. I I can't see the sheriff just leaving. Tell you what. I will do what I can to supply and assist you. On the down low, of course. Of course. If you can kill the sheriff or find damning evidence that he's done something wrong so we can get him and his men the fuck out of our town, we'll call it even. Seems fair. Story writes down while he's talking. Sorry. Does the damning evidence have to be true? Yaladu smiles a little bit, then shows it to Trisha, who kind of disapproves a little, then shows it to Nicklau, who gives a big toothy fanged grin. I guess not. As long as it's proof. It's not the first night we've encountered that's been dabbling. In fact, the last one was (laughs) a member of the Burnt Hand. One of the people that we killed. A knight, you say? Um, no, he was a knight. I mean, is the sheriff a knight? No. no. He's an opportunist. Right. Well, so, I mean, let's think big picture here. The rest of the government around here, they don't have... If we take control of the town and it becomes a, a at least known town that uses magic, is that something that you can place retribution for later on? I'm assuming because it's just a sheriff in the town and not a nobleman, it'll be a little easier on the um, backlash side of things. A little less chance for royal backlash. I I suspect that with the products and goods that we send to the capital... I doubt that they would risk uh, a show of force against the town. 
It would hurt productivity. That would hurt too close to the nobles' lofty lifestyle. If suddenly they didn't have the timber or the stone or the ores for their fancy jewelry. Then this sounds like a good mission to me. Well, now that we've uh, kind of cleared the path, uh, story, if you perchance wouldn't mind uh, procuring yourself some parchment and ink, and I'm sure there's something you can think of that a sheriff would do that many people would be uh, unhappy with. Thank you. For my part in this, um, since you are a town so close to the mines, I am in need of a uh, gemstone. Doesn't need to be any particular rarity, just something worth an unfortunately sizable amount. And uh, a small drill and a moment to tinker, if you wouldn't mind. Trisha leads you over to the rows of jars and the containers. By all means, within reason. Some of this stuff is particularly exotic for us to acquire. Uh, what is the most common gemstone in this area? Um, hmm. She picks up uh, an emerald. Does it have to be cut or can it be raw? Just uncut. Uh, it just says one worth 300 gold. Probably be easier if it was cut. Yeah, it's probably easier if it was cut. Um, yeah. What she said. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Kind of grabs the, the gem and looks through Rava's eyes. Anything I can drill into this with? I have just the thing. And he pulls a curtain aside and into the wall is a little alcove full of weird gadgets. And he pulls out like uh, almost like a power fist looking thing with a drill on the end of it. Yeah, yeah, look at this. And he just like flexes his fingers and the drill like spins at high speed. Like, will that work? I'll let you handle drilling into it. If you don't mind. And Trisha goes, Yaladu, you are terrifying. Why do you even have that? Well, it, it sounded like fun. Story is all in and is his dutiful assistant. Because now, now Story, hold it really still and don't let it shift. Oh, she holds on. She knows she has a strength plus zero, but she is <laughs> in on this. strength check for me. God. God. <laughs> um, oh, it spun on the one, but it's a 13. Yeah, let me do a roll here. She is a tourist in this magic world and she loves it. Okay. Yeah, you managed to hold it still. And you just need the dust, right? No, I, it needs a hole in it. Oh, it needs a hole in it? Okay, yeah, yeah, and this drill just bores right through the center of this cut gem. Okay, and then... Uh, and partially into the stone countertop, and he's like, ow, shit. And... <laughs> so he's like... Quill will take some, like, probably paraffin wax or some sort of uh, resin that will 
kind of seal, puts it on one side. And for the the out first time, either of the other two will have seen takes his uh takes his bandages off his face, revealing the like heavily scarred look of his eyes, just this pure milky white to the irises, and thinks for a moment and a single tear rolls down into this gemstone. And Put some more paraffin wax on the other side, sets it down on a table, puts the bandages back on, picks the gemstone back up. You have your monster to drive these men out. Let's go be bad people. Story is so excited. If you are, I assume you want this to be as public as possible. Yeah, as much exposure as you can get so that he is driven out. Secret? Hmm? Or dead. <laughs> I understand that, uh, you know, I asked you to kind of play down fireworks and things. But what this? And I cast pressure digitation and pop a couple uh, sparkles in the room. In this instance, go wild. Oh, I would be happy to. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I can uh, I can do something pretty cool now. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm so curious. Story writes a note to she got to keep with her her man nipple. Um <laughs> just call him yell at you. And ask Well, she doesn't call him anything. It's true, yeah. She's just writing well, nipple every I, time. I, 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 yeah, I assume you're like writing nipple the 7th down on this Hey nipple the 7th. <laughs> Honestly, I think you'd probably like it, but no, she's just writing like a conversation that's Mm-hmm. superfluous to what her her goal because he doesn't sign so i'm probably gonna start editing it out at, editing out nipple the seventh after like the third time. <laughs> don't you dare um, anyway she's gonna write a note to him and ask if he knows a good teacher now that she knows how to learn magic because damn it Anne really wants the rest of my spells <laughs> You want mind sliver so bad. I really, it's like, but I want it before it's not useful anymore. But like. Isn't it a cantrip? It is a cantrip. That means it's always useful because it ranks up like it's ranks up at fifth, tenth and something else. But it gets stronger. So. But yeah, I, I would really like mind sliver. I have true strike. So I still need to unlock mind sliver, charm person, disguise self and feather fall. Yeah, absolutely. Trisha will immediately just, yeah, absolutely. We can find you a teacher. Do, is, do you want to do that now? Because it's, I mean, it's magic. <laughs> Might take more than an hour. Oh, I mean, honestly, we had, hadn't really thought of where we were going to oh, stay I'm... for the rest of the night. So, I mean, if it wouldn't put you out, uh, I don't have any place to go. So, Story could have a time to... Learn, I could catch up uh, with uh, my dragonborn friend here. And we also uh, have no plan. Yeah, I mean, is there a place for us to stay down here? Yes, of course. Um, this wouldn't be much of a safe place if if we didn't have accommodations. And he leads you all over to a door, and you see people coming and going from this door. And each time it opens, it's a different room. And he opens the door up, 
and just very comfortable but simple furnishings around the other side. Is is this suitable? That's perfect. It waves you in. It's a probably a 40 by 40 foot room. It's got very comfortable furnishings. Did you guys want to rest right away or are you going is story going to probably train? Uh, story's all over training. It, I mean, gonna... they don't even have a plan yet. Yeah, it's literally whatever order you guys want to do this in. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, maybe Ziggert and Quill. I don't know what Quill wants to do, but Ziggert at least will kind of think about plan. I mean, we can fast forward through it, but um, that's kind of what Quill, uh, Ziggert will think about is like, how do we, how do we do this? How do we get the sheriff out in the open? Um, is there any way we can do this diplomatically? Just kind of thinking to himself about that. Story will definitely look. She is the world's best worst little sister. <laughs> she is looking to you two because she knows that that Quill is ready to go. <laughs> she and he agree right. these these cunts have to go. Uh, but also, she, there's magic. She can learn more magic and right. like yeah, true strike and the story. You're gonna be more helpful to us than you already are if you know these spells. And honestly, I'm happy to help you learn. But perhaps we can take out an opportunity here to plan for what we're going to do. And you can go off and take an opportunity to learn from other magic users. She says it's, it's up to you guys. I'm ready. I can, but we're here. I mean, if you want to take the knot um, and see what we can learn and reconvene in the morning. I mean, isn't it mid-morning? Yeah, it's like mid-morning, early afternoon. Probably, right? Yeah, it didn't take us too long to get here. So you'd have like the whole day, basically. So she signs, I figure we have to do recon. That's best at night anyway. Yeah. And none of us can hide, so going around in the daytime trying to get information... Isn't great. Yeah. No. Go learn. She's gone. You training montage. So do I just so happen to learn all those spells? Yeah, I mean, or, like, <laughs> like literally, you'd be led probably into the main area of this large room. They'd probably clear some space back. They would set a few things up, pull out a few scrolls and tomes and books and things, start going through a few things. And then Nicklau would walk in and you go, uh, you, you don't, no offense. You strike me as the one who takes what she wants from books. But hands-on might work better for you. He starts teaching you a few things here and there. And then I would say... So let's say he starts training you on these spells. And you maybe catch how to do one of them. Because you have how many? I have like four that I I still need to learn. Okay, so I would say if we can do like two or three days, we can do like a spell a day. Does that sound fair? Okay. Because logistically, it doesn't make sense that you just automatically... If we're doing this story-wise, the way we had talked... Narratively, it makes more sense. She learns Mind Sliver. (laughs) (laughs) We've been been treating her... Like teaching her some arcane symbols and things, so it's yeah, probably yeah, not exactly. too super so that hard. makes sense. You pick up something right away. 
Well, and I kind of think that learning Mind Sliver from someone else, considering these two guys, though they have violent, they're not very violent people. Mm-hmm. And so maybe learning Mind Sliver from them wouldn't happen, because that's outside of their personalities. But the other three totally are things that I would imagine that, like, if Quill ran across it in his book, he'd be like, oh, hey, story, this sounds like you. Mm-hmm. It would totally be something he'd teach. Or that makes if sense, it yeah. pops into to Ziggurat's head. And I was going to say, and learning Mind Sliver from a bard seems pretty appropriate, considering their wheelhouse of spells. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's that? <laughs> and importantly, too, it wouldn't just be Niklau teaching you. It'd be probably a couple of, of people. But he would just kind of go in and be like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this book shit. We're going to... Yeah, we're 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 gonna do this right. So, and this is the most attentive this little bird brain has ever been in her life. Beyond lessons, lessons with grandma. Yeah, this is like back to training with grandma type focus. I get to do cool magic shit now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My God, my guys are gonna be so proud of me. <laughs> I can do something you can't do, bitch. Yeah. Uh- Back over in this this kind of corner where Sigrid and I are, Quill listens to all these things that like the other two had to say and gesture. If we're taking the day off, Sigrid, I think we should uh, take stock. With uh, pulls the gemstone out. With this, I feel as though I'm considerably more powerful than I was. I feel it's only fair. You've been very open and expressive in showing us what you can do. I might as well show you what adding this to my repertoire does. And I use uh, Summon Shadow Spawn. All of the shadows in the room coalesce around Quill's feet, where his shadow is, and rising like this black mist is a large semi-feline form just pure muscle and rage with a jagged face carved out of it through it that is this sickening grimace of anger and i i summon the fury uh the fury form of the shadow spirit this is uh it's one of this this thing's forms it's a gift from well to say she was a servant is incorrect. She was a mentor and a friend. She was the one who left all those pages in my book. I feel this thing, this applies and directs my feelings in the moment. See, I mean, this is honestly appropriate. This is magnificent. Uh, how long does this shadow spawn stick around? It can hang out for uh, an hour per time I, I bring it into being in combat, probably a little bit less so. It, it's not uh, flimsy by any stretch of the imagination. It's sturdier than I am. Sustained damage will bring it down just the same as anything else. Well, uh, it'll be helpful. I mean, honestly, I... Uh... I'm not used to the one being the one taking hits, but I'm I'm willing to do it. But if uh, if the spirit can take a few warps, 
It'll sure it'll help us use magic to deal damage back. I think this is insanely wonderful. And I feel it's it's appropriate to get our point across and puts on a good show. If it doesn't scare them outright. Does it does it um I mean it's a shadow, right? So like at night time is it stronger? It doesn't seem particularly at least this one interested in that. It seems more interested in the prospect of dealing as much harm as it can. There are other feelings that uh, when I use the spell, they can latch on to. But uh, right now, this one seems to be the one that's the most useful. Hmm. Uh, well, say, uh, this is... Yeah, glad you showed me. Honestly, seeing this thing in the middle of combat unexpectedly, uh, perhaps I might have targeted it myself. So uh, in that regard, I'm glad you showed me. But um, this is going to help us a lot. It also has a particular talent, though in these confined spaces, I, I don't think it's appropriate to use it. Although I think you did something similar to it before. At least the feeling I get. Uh, you drove creatures away from you. Scared them. Right, I mean, that... I have a... It's more of a personality thing where I could intimidate them. Um, otherwise, what I'm able to do is... Um, I can convince people. Is that what you're referring to? What happened this morning? No, no, not that. Uh, it, it draws upon the fears of people. Um, right. Uh, I can, I can scare people. I can frighten them. Uh, mechanically, if I use intimidate during combat, could that be something that causes frightened? Uh, like frighten the condition? Right. I mean, depending on the situation. Yeah, I, I would, I would say we could do that. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mechanically, this thing in 30 feet can, uh force every forces everyone to make a wisdom saving throw or be frightened for a minute that's different oh yeah <laughs> oh it it can be real spooky and the terror form of the fury form of it uh, gets advantage on anything that's frightened so what i'm hearing is story has a new best friend <laughs> a horrifying, she's just, just going to befriend every horrific thing that you conjure <laughs> yeah there's probably yeah, there's probably a brief moment where, where stories like working things out, training looks over and sees like behind this uh behind Quill and next to Sigurd is this just massive shadowy creature and then it just fades into it evaporates into dust and shadow. You see a single ball bearing go right between where its eyes should be. <laughs> a very concerned story, just what the fuck? <laughs> That that gemstone puts a significant notch in my belt as far as like getting things done. All right, that's excellent. Is there anything else that you want to do before you turn in for the night? Well, we're we're gonna do recon oh, at right. some point in recon. the evening. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were yeah we were gonna do recon. So I mean, I don't think I have any skills that reset on a short rest. I don't really need to, but I mean. 
technically I, can we get a short rest in the time? Cause we're, we're kind of waiting between now and yeah. I mean, there's hours between yeah. here and nightfall. So that would, if you want, yeah, you could do a short rest. Cool. I, I short rest and use arcane recovery to get back the spell slot. I used to summon that uh shadow spawn. <laughs> and is anyone, no one should be hurt right now, right? No, we're all full. Okay, I was gonna say. I nope. just wanted to make sure. Other than the <laughs> dead body, like, yeah. Other yeah, than right. that poor man that we murdered. Yeah. She wouldn't have used any spell slots if she learned a cantrip, nope. right? Correct. Okay. But, uh, that's the benefit of of a cantrip. Yeah, because a cantrip you don't use any spell slots. You can use it over and over and over yep. and over and over and over again. Yep. No, I was just thinking in the whole idea of the training montage. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Would no. I? No, no okay. I, I would say no. They started me on cantrips. Perfect. So midway th- through the afternoon, you see several people hauling this big rolled up carpet in. <laughs> Not the most subtle, these <laughs> magic users, are they? <laughs> <laughs> and you see... You see Yaladu crooks his finger at his fire elemental and they drag it around a corner and the fire elemental follows him around the corner and you just smell cooking meat for a few minutes. Mm. If you happen to be looking at story, she goes, oh, that's brilliant and writes down a note that's going to go into fire a letter elementals. to grandma. Uh, I probably will ask like. Since I, I've been using Rava to, to peek about a little bit here and there, I would probably have seen that fire elemental. I'm going to ask Yaladu about it. I can walk up. How did you get that little friend of yours? That's a long story. I've got time. I don't know if you do, but... Well, it has a lot to do with this. And he holds up his hand, and he has... A ring, gold, with streaks of red through it. And it just shimmers in the light. In my younger days, I did a smidge of adventuring myself. And I came across this little doohickey on one of the continents out west. That's about it. That's the story. (laughs) Did you want more detail? Because, I mean... We'll lean closer. Very, like, intent. You've been out west. Yes. It was a long time ago, but yes. He uses his staff to find a, like, a chair. Pulls it out. Please tell. And probably spends at least an hour listening to whatever this, this person has to say about the western continents. Which I'm assuming you don't want to issue in this uh, brief time. No, and he brief. I shouldn't say briefly. He probably spends, like you said, about an hour recanting the story about how he used to travel back when he was younger. And he had gone west through the mountains and to the far south of the continent ended up getting on a ship and traveling to Nar, which is one of the southwestern continents. And that led him to an adventure where he went further north to Voslaxis, which is a mountain continent. 
and had some shenanigans involving some deep dwarves and ended up with this ring. There's been many things in these years that have piqued my interest. But once, once these things are done here and we've sorted out Turst and this cult, I would very much like to, to at least travel as you did. He goes, many, many wonderful things that I've seen over the years. But just like in Turst, there's good and bad everywhere you go. I, I prefer to tackle the problems that are in front of me first and find new ones later on. You're a wise cat, Quill. You're a very interesting fellow yourself. I have my moments. About that weird drill thing, though, you probably should get rid of that. That seems dangerous. Sometimes I just get fruit. And I just drill into it just for the fun of it to see what I can puree with it. Well, I mean, do you have an apple? (laughs) Yeah, and he pulls out various fruit and starts drilling it. And then you see a halfling with an eye patch come over and he goes, no, no, not again. <laughs> I, I think that's enough for today. Thank you very much for your words and uh, knowledge. I feel kind of bad for that halfling. Uh, good, good day to you, Yaladu. Quill will probably... And as you walk away, you just hear... <laughs> uh, during any kind of break that story has... She walks over to Nipple the Seventh and writes him a note and says, I know not now, but I need to talk to you about an idea. She has it in a, in a note. And it just says in like the most beautiful like calligraphy, just like travel glitter bomb. He goes, that sounds both interesting and terrifying. She is just like absolutely like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Best idea ever. Vyaldus <laughs> leans over to Trisha. Some ideas even I think are horrifying. Story looks at him and, and points to Quill. And then he leans over. He goes, don't worry. We'll just talk about it when she's not around. Yeah, off in the distance, Quill's like scratching away. So his fur and glitter floats down. Story stands up proud. Winks at Nipple and goes back to training. Y'all do like looks up and like strokes his beard a little bit. Sounds like it would be great for those package thieves. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit. Night falls. And do you guys have kind of a cemented plan? You're going to go do some recon tonight? We'll probably go in search of go find where their headquarters are. Do a bit of looking around. Yep. Yeah, look where the headquarters are. Um, see if we can't like survey to see who some of the officers, like the the higher ranking people, might be, and just try to isolate that and kind of uh, work around the the lower people and see if we can't like get ourselves in a situation where we're only dealing with a smaller amount of people. Kind of the cut the head off the snake type situation. That was kind of Zigrets plan as he formulated and then once story's done with training he'll kind of run that by her and say like 
here's what I, you know, Quill and I came up with. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. So mostly stakeout. I can, yeah, watch and if needed, I can hide and sneak. And... Oh, I mean, the first thing is to find out where the headquarters are. Let's ask around here. So Ziggert probably would have asked around, like, do you know where the, the where they station themselves? Asks about homes and stuff and tries to gather as much intel as he can. Yeah, absolutely. Trisha would probably supply you with some parchment and a quill and probably would have had someone give you directions on how to get there. Describe as much in detail as they can remember. And the headquarters, like the sheriff's office, is what they would call well, the the constables would call it. Um, it's essentially an old bar. Huh. And they've taken down the old sign that used to hang there and just thrown it off the side of the the uh, front step and crudely painted on a new sign just says sheriff's office. It is spelled correctly, though, so they at least have that going for them. Mm, high class. Hey. It's pretty good for a tourist. It's not an incredibly educated area. Considering the last person's sign we saw was not spelled correctly. Yeah. Even after we helped them. Even after we helped them. Twice. I think it was twice you guys tried to correct them, too. No, the second time we just went, oh, good job. (laughs) You did such a good job. Yeah. Um, So, old kind of saloon-style bar. Okay, wide front porch, second story, front entryway opens up into a traditional bar and then several tables. The second floor, Tricia would state, that is where they have a few offices and then a few bedrooms for them to sleep. And several of them do sleep at the sheriff's office, including the sheriff. Here's the situation story. Um, We have this information, and it turns out that the sheriff itself stays at the sheriff's office. Uh, We weren't sure what room the sheriff stays in. However, if we're sneaky enough, perhaps we could, you could assassinate him. For sure. Totally nonchalant, like, of course, yeah. Trying to convey how intensely scary this bird actually is. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a second thought, just, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, and if you want an easy plan, but okay. For for recon purposes, Quill will set Rava on top of Story's head. Um, we're still in like the talking phases. I don't think we've actually gone out yet, but yeah, when we do, we do. we're plan on like standing watch below on the first floor. And I, I'm guessing there's like water barrels or something outside. He's just going to kind of like hunker down outside and just try to hide amongst the, you know, I don't know if there's an alleyway or just find a spot where he can, um, stay low and stay put unless help is needed. Yeah, and remember, too, like, the houses are fairly close, basically built off of each other. So there's maybe a few alleyways here and there, but they're pretty narrow. But as a result of not having side areas or side streets, stuff tends to pile up. 
out front. So there probably is a fair amount of detritus. Uh, Story asks before they leave, as we're still planning, right? If any of the magic people can make y'all look like humans. Oh, I can ask. Um, So yeah, at some point we'll approach Nikau and say, mate, um, that little trick you did to like change your shape and size, make yourself look like a human. Um, how long does that last? Uh, about an hour. Why? Are you able to cast it on me? Uh, sadly, no. All right. Um, is there anybody out there that could? Uh, I don't know. Um, is that a thing? Well, I know. Sand knows it is. Yeah. Mechanically, there's alters, there's disguise self, but that can only change your face, not your size. Seeming, Um, seeming would be the cell that we're looking for. Yeah, seeming. Mm -hmm. We we have all these magic users. Seeming's a high level spell. spell. Yeah, seeming's a little big. Yeah, I was gonna say that's. But story doesn't know that. Yeah, Quill. I do have a level limit for the magic users here. Quill will explain that to story that some spells are just too powerful for us right now. Honestly, I don't think that's gonna happen here. Um, I'm just gonna have to try to be sneaky. As for me, I, I mean, can't do much with this, but. Quill rifles through his bag and pulls like a nice long cloak out and wraps his tail around his waist makes a little bow out of it, kind of. And then uh, puts the hood up. Nice big long hood. uh, Um, Story, while uh, the magic users ask each other if they have anything useful to help us, well, I mean, they have lots of wonderful things they've helped us with, but um, points to Ziggurat's new cloak and says, for now, be careful not to use that. Right, I know. But if I whistle like this, it means distract someone. I could also use suggestion on him again. Oh, I could extend the range of it, actually, um, now that I think of it. Okay, well, this is the I'm screwed whistle. Okay. I know the I'm screwed whistle. Cause so now we have, we have established canonically the danger whistle, the I'm screwed whistle. There was another one too. Was it? <laughs> I feel like we should write these down. <laughs> yeah. I was, yep. was going to say, that's not something I've been keeping track of. No. But... And it's something I've been meaning to keep track of. Because I, I do want to make sure they're established and, and not just like, hey, we happen to have this way to contact lo- over long distances. If, but if, if I happen to come across it while I'm editing, I'll let you know. I just remember the I'm in danger whistle. Yep. Bad touch whistle. Bad touch. <laughs> is that what that is that what uh, Yaladu calls the drill? Bad touch. That's the good touch. Good touch. <laughs> really gets up in there thanks so yeah stop that was the other whistle what was stop 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 and i just figure we'll keep making up whistles as we go but stop those are the three danger i set sigurd on fire (laughs) (laughs) well you know the stop is the stop moving 
danger is normally just get ready to fight. <laughs> Fight's coming to us. And then the, the there's the, like, I'm screwed. Distract. Yeah. What's the Zigrit through dancing blades at me? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is that a thing yet? Ow. Uh, are we ready? We're ready yeah. to recon. <laughs> We're ready to recon slash maybe kill a man. Recon with addendum. Maybe kill man. You head over to the sheriff's office. You take up position a house or two down where you can easily see the front door. Everything seems quiet. Let's do some recon. <laughs> Ziggurat kind of looks over at Story and just is like, I, no, Ziggurat know the sign language at, at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. To, to tell her, like, okay, you should go recon. Quill and I will stay here away from the building for now. So Story is going to probably go back a block, get up on the roof, and make her way back stealthily. Give me a stealth roll, please. I only rolled a nine, so I have a 17. Okay. Going along the rooftops, quiet as you please. Story skips from building to building. Finally reaches the top of the sheriff's office. Is there anyone on top? There is nobody on the roof of the building. Do I notice any traps or anything? No. So it's a slightly pitched roof. Out front, you know that there are two levels with a railing and a second story porch. To the back, you don't see a second story porch, but there is a window that you might be able to get into if you climb down and there is a back door is there any noise coming out the back door no i want to say farts so badly but <laughs> no because i'm five um and she can't see anything like through the back door no it's it's just a Plain wooden door. And the window that she can get through, does she hear anything in there? Are the lights on? There aren't any lights. You don't hear any movement. Go ahead and do me a perception roll. Fifteen. Yeah, you don't hear anyone moving around. You don't hear any loud snoring or anything like that. But it, it's just, it seems quiet. Okay, she is. She's going to make her way into that window. So, give me an acrobatics or an athletics, whatever's better. I'm assuming acrobatics is better, though. Yeah. I only rolled a three for a 14. So, story deftly swings down off of the rooftop with a slight thump on the side of the building. Lips just a little bit, but manages to catch herself on the windowsill and pull herself up and in. 
Go ahead and do another stealth check for me, please. 19. What do I perceive in the room? Ahead of you, you see a hallway that goes from the back of the building to the front. On either side, you see rows of doors. And at the end of the hall, it appears to open up into a balcony overlooking the first floor of the bar. Was there anybody outside the back where the back Not door was? Not outside the back. No, there was one guard on the front door. And there's nobody in the hallway. So that door, like it's just a, it's doorway, 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 back door. Back door is on the first floor. You're on the oh, second floor. Okay. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> Dang. Cause I was going to be like, I can just signal for them to come up. Nope. So I go to each door. How many doors are in the hallway? So there are three on your right, or sorry, three on the left side, two on the right, and then up to the right ahead of the hallway, it looks like there's a stairwell that goes down at the end of the balcony. So I, as carefully as I can, go listen at each door. Okay, roll me another perception, please. 18. Okay, at the first door, you listen. You do not immediately hear anything. And then after a few seconds of listening, you hear a snort and then nothing. You move forward to the second door on the left side. Give me another perception roll, please. 16. Dead silence. You move forward to the third door on the left side. Another perception. 18. Dead silence. Go to the first door on the right side by the stairwell down from the balcony. One more. 12. You don't hear anything. Just silence. Occasionally, or the building settling. And then to the last door on the right. 22. You hear a scratching noise and nothing else. Like, like, someone, like someone scratching quill on paper or like someone scratching their ass? Difficult to identify. It's a raspy kind of like, like wood or paper noise. So I am going to go... To the second door on the left where I heard silence. I'm going to, as quietly as I can, try to go in. Roll me a stealth, please. 25. Dang. You reach up. Turn the knob slowly. And you feel it catch for just a second. And then it gently opens. You look inside, and it's dark, but this appears to be an office. Is there anyone in the office? There is not. She slips in the office. In the center of the room, there's a desk that faces the door, with a chair behind it, and then several wooden chairs against the wall that the door is on. Simple furnishings. 
There is a quill, an inkwell, a covered inkwell, and then some parchment. You see a stale mug of beer sitting on the desk. And you see several stains on the desk. It doesn't seem like the desk has been very well taken care of. Yeah, I'm going to look in the drawers as quietly as possible. I, I mean, I'm reconning. Like, what's... I'm going to search the room for anything. I'm in. It's quiet. Give me an investigations. 14. All right. So, going through the drawers, some of it seems like old records from when this was still a bar. You do see some correspondence, and it seems like he might be in contact with someone from the Capitol. There is no signature on the bottom of any of these notes. Correspondence roughly details some sort of agreement that he's trying to barter with, with someone from the Capitol. And I'll go any further, it goes in my bag. Okay. You also find a small pouch with 30 gold in. All right, that's in my <laughs> bag. And then an odd assortment of doodads. Just odds and ends that were clearly stuffed in the drawer like trash, basically. Oh, no, it's junk drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got one, John. And there's nothing else in here? It's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty bare. Right. Most of the other stuff you find just looks like it was left over from when this was still a bar. Okay. So I go to the door, I listen, and if it's clear in the hallway, yep. I go back out to the third door that was silent. Okay. Third door on the left. Yep. Okay. I do the same thing, try to stealth in. I mean, I like obviously is there light coming out from underneath the door? I didn't even yeah, think to check for that for the last one. Like, Yeah, no, there's no obvious lights on underneath the yeah. doors or anything like that. I, I would have. I would have done that with your perception check. OK, so, yeah, yeah, she's going to basically she's going to go through the silent rooms and then she's going to go into the snoring room. So you open that door. And you see. Two. Empty crudely made beds and it smells a little bit in here okay she's gonna slip in and do a, a quick investigation okay give me your investigation roll 19 you find a little bit of gold about 30 gold pieces between the two beds shoved underneath like they were being hidden you find a crude club and a crudely drawn picture of a woman with a heart on it oh, i leave that where it is and my guys already have a good club right i think so yeah they should yeah she leaves the club Takes the gold, obviously. Obviously. Why not? Mm -hmm. On to the next room. The same. Wait at the door. Listen. If it's still silent, go. 
So are you going to the first door on the left side this time? I'm going to the first door on the right side because three silent rooms. Okay. Super great content. Just making sure. Just making sure. Okay. So you reach out, turn, open it, and you see a bed, and there is a sleeping form in the bed. How hard are they sleeping? There's, I mean, they're breathing heavily, like deeply. I mean, I guess I'm I could have s- you do like a medicine check to see what <laughs> REM cycle they're in or something. I don't know. Well, like they didn't twitch when I walked in. No, like, no. Okay. Um, so I'm going to keep my stealth going and do the most stealthy of investigation rolls. Oh, no. I mean, it's a 10. So he snorts a little bit as you step in. Your foot like scrapes just a little bit. He doesn't wake up, though. Okay. She's got her daggers in her hand now. And she continues to investigate. 13. She doesn't do a great job. She's doing it with like two fingers because she's got her daggers in her hand and she's trying to be quiet. As she's probably a little rattled from him moving too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't immediately find anything super exciting. Like okay. some plain clothes. That's about it. She wonders if this guy was an asshole to anybody. Stares at him with her daggers in her hands for a second. And then thinks that her guys will probably think she's a monster if she just murks him. So she goes back out. But it's not the sheriff. I mean, technically they wouldn't know. But Anne also wants the respect I mean, of okay, John and Mark. So, so. <laughs> Ziggurat isn't there. But, well, I can't. I, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> True. Uh, Rob has been hanging out on your head this entire time watching everything you're doing. And, and Quill has also been watching everything you're doing. <laughs> I will say that we all decided she remembers that. And then all of a sudden move. <laughs> we, we did decide that we were going to kick their asses. So I just, I imagine the story's got her daggers and in Rava vision, the daggers are like this pause for way too long. <laughs> and then like, I don't know if that's something that she can remember or not, but we definitely decided we, we decided were, we're going to murk them. OK. Yeah, you do, You guys did specifically say dead or run out of town. Oh, my God, because I can throw everything at this guy. And you did say assassinate. How did you put it? You said assassinate the sheriff to either get information or assassinate. Yeah. Um, I looked up the rules for attacking somebody when they're asleep, which is unconscious. <laughs> so you get advantage it's automatically. Ridiculous. And if you hit, it's an automatic crit. Yep. Oh, fantastic. So she's going to attack him. So I get advantage automatically. Yep. 22. That's a hit. <laughs> An unarming cool. sleeping person. Unarmored sleeping person gets, uh, gets yep. stamped. Eight. Plus... So that's 18. Okay. Is he still alive? Did you do crit? Oh. Yeah. So he, it would be. So that's 
that you you would multiply your two by two, your dice roll by two. Yeah. So that would be so plus be, two yeah, more ten, and then does sneak attack? Sneak attack also gets doubled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sneak attack also gets doubled. So that's a twenty right there. Twenty plus ten is thirty. Yeah, he did. Okay, cool. Did he make any noise? He gurgles a little bit. Okay. So, story, how exactly do you assassinate this poor bastard? I guess. Uh, is he on his side? Like, how is he sleeping? He's sleeping is he, on like, his a back. back sleeper? Yep, he's he a back is sleeping sleeper. On his... Damn it, you're making it hard. Had to elevate it a little bit. Yeah, dagger right up the... Yeah. Mouth. Hand over the mouth. Is... Just... Yep, hand over the mouth. As fast as possible. Okay. She got some sharp daggers. Quill's been updating Sigrid, like, just in general, every step of the way. She did and, what? And, and, then, <laughs> and then probably gets to the point where she's hanging over the body for a very long time, and there's just that long, protracted silence, and then Quill does not update with story murdering this man. <laughs> that's, that's the best part, is there was that, like, that slow, drawn-out, should I or shouldn't I? And then, yep. <laughs> Yeah. You see her clean off the knife on the guy's chest. <laughs> um, Zigrit er, knows that Quill can't hear him, so he's just sitting there quietly listening, <laughs> munching on some jerky. So, there's just this very long, unupdated silence. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes to the next room, uh, the snoring room. And the updates return. <laughs> the left first one. So the snoring room you're going into? Uh-huh. All right. Do me a stealth roll, please. I will. 15. You reach up, turn the knob slowly, open the door, and immediately see a hulking figure laying on the bed and right at the foot of the bed is a gigantic hound. And as you step into the room, one eye opens. Hold on. And that's where we're going to end our episode tonight. No! <laughs> it's a good day to die. Is that not a good suggestion? Though I was thinking, how far can Ziggurat get in Misty Step? Well, it's um 500 feet. Or no, Misty Step is shorter. That's Dimension Door. Dimension Door is 500 feet. Mm. This sounds like our table talk stuff. Okay, well, we can sign off, and then uh, Anna's going to do the, oh, crap, you know what would have been a better plan? <laughs> Instead of the guys just sitting outside, dude. I'm not sitting outside. I'm, I'm uh, observational control. True, true. And I mean, I, you can communicate with, like, taps and stuff. So let's do our closing here and then we can do our table talk stuff. Thank you to everyone who is popping in to listen to episode 27. There's two. There's two. What? Hey, what's up? Really appreciate everyone. Hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I hope everyone listening has or is going to follow uber geek media on twitch and various social media so you can hear when we're going to go live you can hear any fun announcements 
And when those announcements come out, occasionally we'll probably have some sneaky stuff just for people who jump on the bandwagon early. I'm Steve. I've been the GM tonight. Once again, I just want to thank everyone for coming. With me is John. I'm John. I can be found at Seasonal Bard on Twitter or on Twitch. And I was Quill. And Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I am the crafty heathen on, I think, all of your social media. I sometimes check it. Uh, I bet if you tag me in something, I would totally check it. And I have played your Kenku Rogue. Story. And Mark. I'm Mark. I've been Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer, and you can find me here. If you really liked tonight's episode, you can, fortunately, listen to all of our previous episodes at some point or another. If you look up In Absentia on whatever app or service you use to listen to podcasts, we do edit every episode down, turn it into a podcast, and that is live. So click that like button, click the follow button, follow us to get more great content. So do we want to quit streaming and do table talk? We'll keep recording, but you can do that. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, let's do that. And if people want to listen to Table Talk, these are also getting edited down, and that's going to go on our subscription-only uh, Table Talk podcast for In Absentia. And you'll have to either subscribe on our website or subscribe on Patreon to get access to that. Yep. All of you have a fantastic night. So that was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Thoughts? impressions the thing. <laughs> y'all thought it was gonna be an all like quill and ziggurat episode oh, no. in the magic warehouse no it was a story yeah episode. no I'm, I'm absolutely on board with